Hello, sir. ¿Qué tal, hombre? Are you ready? Yeah, let's go, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Did you see the tweet I just put out? No, I didn't. I, I oh, didn't. Let me, I'll I put tell it you up. what I wrote. I'll tell you yeah. what I wrote. Hold on. Uh, wait a minute. <laughs> I wrote, uh, I don't even know where to start today at DeFi Lunch. I literally have 35 tabs open, and besides a few funnies, all of them are critical issues. Anyway. Um, well, let's just jump in, man. All right. So ripping. let's jump in with a little bit of lighthearted because this is kind of fun. And then we'll get into like. Was it from uh, what happens to is it Deliverance 2? Piggy. No, yeah, it should be. <laughs> but here's Sam, right? And then, yeah, no, here we go. Ready? Today, smoking is going to save lives. smell anything smoky? Did you bring your jerky in again? <clears throat> oh my god! Uh, oh my god! Fire! Oh, fire! Oh my goodness! Air duct. Oh my god! Okay, it's happening! Everybody stay calm! What's the Everybody procedure, calm. everyone? What's the procedure? Stay calm! Wait, 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 wait! Everybody just calm down! What does warm mean? Have you ever seen a burn victim? Okay, procedure, procedure. Exit options. Where do we go, folks? Use a what to cover the mouth. Remember your exit points. Exit points, people. What's next? Stay alive. I'm getting help. Pull me up. You're too heavy. I only weigh 82 pounds. Say bandit. I had to unmute myself three fourths of the way through because I was laughing so hard. I needed I needed that one so bad. That was so good. That is so good. Uh, I may play that at the end for everybody. They can we can roll out. So, uh, okay. So uh, we're so here's where we are. Um, FTX and all 130 associated entities are now in bankruptcy. Um, and um, that includes somehow they're including FTX US, Alameda, FTX. They posted a flow chart, uh, org chart. Um, also, they're trying to include the Bahamian industry and, and um, entity. And they are um, doing all this in the US, which is interesting. Um, so, you know, Sam filed up, we're doing bankruptcy, blah, blah, blah. Basically there are adults in charge now. Um, 
So this is, where is it? Uh, this is John J. Ray third is the new CEO. And you know what John J. Ray's job was? You know, guess what bankruptcy he cleaned up last time? Uh, well, it couldn't be 20 years ago. Not that it long. It could be. It could oh, be. Enron? Enron. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I saw somebody comparing this to Enron, too, and I, I don't really see it because we all know what Enron was doing. But I, the speculation I've been hearing, different chatter, is that, um, you know, this is going to drag things out, of course, but that all three entities are in U.S. bankruptcy court. Um, and then all some 130 entities. Yeah. I, I mean, but I was thinking the major ones, you know, the, the, the kind of core of the Karitsu, so to speak. But what somebody pointed out, a, a legal scholar was like, this is going to be really interesting because, you know, we don't even know. We haven't even defined what crypto is yet. Wow, that's interesting. <laughs> So this is going to force all kinds of death precedent, depending on your perspective, good or bad, but precedent setting definitions of what these different things are and, you know, how they're going to be dealt with. Yeah. Um, so that's the long term kind of good of it. Um, also, what I like is it gives a chance for everything to be kind of, you know, I'm sorry for everybody who this happened to. But, you know, when assets kind of get locked up and thrown into these processes, um, prices tend to recover. I mean, I yeah. mean, the Mt. Gox people, I mean, I'm sure they're pissed. Hey, man, we should have gotten it when it was at 69. <laughs> but, but would they have really sold then? I don't right, know. right. You know, so, so it's, it's, it's kind of one of these that just lets it stabilize instead of brushing it under the um, carpet, so to speak, which I sort of felt was happening with um, Terra. In that, you know, yeah, that, yeah. it's it's we're not going to ever get to the bottom of what. That's happened. true. That's a good point. That, I mean, maybe eventually by, you know, South Korean government investigators will get more detail. But you're right. That's a good point. Um, this is a thread by uh, Wasi Lawyer, one of the guys on my crypto legal list um, that I jump to every time shit like this blows up. Um, he's actually got funds in FTX. Mm. So he's got some personal pain along with uh, trying to give an illegal point of view. Um, he'd done a previous thread on Voyager, by the way, um, you know, uh, uh, FTX bought up the Voyager assets in auction. They did <laughs> so, get it. Okay. All right. So there is um, all kinds of questions now uh, about the status of the current folks and their money and uh, 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 that are owed money by Voyager, et cetera. So anyway, um, automatic moratorium gives creditors. This is a good thread. I'll put it in the thing, but <clears throat> um they suspected from the start that any deal with Binance would be more likely to come out of a Chapter 11 than an acquisition. He basically talks about the fact that bankruptcy allows for people that want to buy their shit to just pick the pieces they want to buy mm -hmm. um, if it's not meant to be salvaged. Um, and so that's a smarter play anyway for CZ. Um, there are stories, by the way, and I, because they're stories, they're not fact, they're not quotes from CZ or anything else. There are a lot of stories coming out saying in, from inside Binance saying that, in fact, CZ um, did not know the level of trouble that SBF was in and that, in fact, he was trying to publicly call him out and shame him for the regulatory shit. And that's why they did the public announcement that they were going to dump all the FTT um, because he was pissed at SBF for his regulatory play and some other shit that had happened between the companies. Um, and then that just created this cascading events. 
I don't know if that's true or not. Could just people backpedaling trying to save CZ's image. I have no idea. Well, um, but that's I've seen multiple posts around that. I mean, it's it's natural because you know CZ is super busy keeping track of whole his whole friggin' empire. Exactly. <laughs> Shit all over the place. Exactly. So he's not gonna think about this one. Um, the attorney says that based on the documents published in the bankruptcy filing, that FTX was pretty uh, ring fenced away, and that it is actually probably um, the most saleable asset um, of the company, and that essentially someone I, I, I'm 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 reading into this, Go. but essentially uh, everything is okay in there. And um, theoretically, someone could buy that entity and just run it, right? Um, and so those folks that are locked into FTX US, you're going to be waiting a while because it's bankruptcy court. But um, there is theoretically a potential for that to be acquired and you know run, mm -hmm. probably under another brand. So maybe Goldman Sachs or something. <clears throat> um, anyway, th this is a great thread. It'll help explain it to people that are stuck um, and the fact that they are... Um, uh, having to wait on their money. Now, something interesting has happened in the last 48 hours. And that is, is that um, there was based on supposedly FTX based on legal demands from the Bahamas allowed Bahamians to extract and withdraw funds. And so for 24 to 48 hours, maybe 36 hours, if you were in the Bahamas, you could get in and extract your funds. Well, a bunch of big um, folks with sizable um, balances on FTX <clears throat> VPNed into the Bahamas and bought identities from people and got in and got their funds out, um, KYC'd and then got their funds out. And a lot of people were telling them, and this was from attorneys on both sides, but a lot of people were telling them, hey, you can't do that. You're going to get clawed back at the, at the least and you may get arrested because you're taking creditor funds away. Well, what, plus they're impersonating another identity. That's the well. I, I'm not sure if they just impersonated um, an address. I'm not oh. sure. You know what I mean? Like they oh, got somebody I, to spoofed an address location it, there. Got exactly. It. Okay. Um, but but I don't know the details. Um, but this guy points out that actually, um, based on the terms of service for FTX, which says that they are your funds that your deposits are your funds. Whereas with other exchanges, it wasn't that way that the, the Voyager and Celsius had the right to use your funds. So you, you, they were not your funds anymore, but based on the terms of service at FTX, those people may not have any problem because there can't be a clawback on something that belonged to them. Well, so it, them, it, yeah. them extracting that would be legal and there would be no criminal. I'm sure yeah. the courts will have to figure it out, but um but look, it's the it was the play because let them figure it out. But hold on to your stuff. While exactly, get your out. fucking money out. Yeah. I mean, I, I've seen posts from guys who are major, major players in this space. Like you know, mm -hmm. they're the Twitter gods, the guys who make the calls. They've made a shit ton of money. They everything they have is in FTX. Like wow. they're you know they are fucked, just completely, totally fucked. Well, so, if there's value, then everybody will get a pro rata. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, it does suck, but you know. Well, and here's the interesting thing: How does the bankruptcy court deal with this? If in fact, if in fact the FTX, uh, all of the funds are still your funds, now, you now you get into criminal charges, right? Because a essentially, FTX, Alameda, those folks have stolen your money. They haven't used it because under the terms of service. They didn't have a right to use it. 
So they have taken your money and stolen it. I think now there are going to be all kinds of criminal liabilities beyond what we were talking about previously, the, mm. the big stuff, right? <clears throat> that those funds were, they were sex, essentially just custodians of your funds. They had no rights to use. So theoretically, there may be serious criminal charges uh, coming and lawsuits from every individual um, that don't necessarily fit into the bankruptcy filing because they may go after Sam. They may go after all the executives there, right? I would if it was my money and I had substantial funds there. Yeah, I have a feeling this at the end, I mean, I know it's going to take time to sort, but I have a feeling at the end that everybody that has money in there is going to get pretty close to whole at the end. I just think there's too much value to be created by parts of this being taken up by existing players and then scaling those models out. I could see you know, part of bankruptcy court settlement being, you know, where there's classes of equity in some joint venture of, you know, between Goldman Sachs and say, I mean, I'm just picking them. It could be anybody, not not just go Morgan Stanley, JP Morgan, go down the list, anybody with, um, you know, the, what's left of FTX in a JV and then some swath of equity being allocated to the creditors that's yeah. capped at some value. And, you know, I mean, there's ways that this stuff gets gets made right. And unfortunately you can't do that unless you're in bankruptcy court. So hopefully these guys didn't fuck up that, you know, customer agreement so bad that it's created criminal liability um, for them. Hopefully not. I I mean, if in fact, you know, uh, I would assume that some folks are going to pursue it if they can. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to talk about contagion a little bit. Um, The first the first contagion is BlockFi has shut down business um, because uh, they got a loan from uh, FTX, uh, which was backed by FTT or they were given FTT or whatever. Um, evidently, the funds are on FTX. So BlockFi, a major player in the space, has shut down their operations. Um, I'm a big fan, like Eric Voorhees of Peter McCormick, but but this retweet is brutal. He said... Um, Eric says, but this is the mentality that must stop immediately in this industry and Bitcoiners should be leading the way. The most resolute advocates of decentralization, openness and immutability, which can never be found in a custodian. He retweeted a Peter McCormick tweet from August of 2020. I trust BlockFi more than I trust smart contracts. Right. Um, Also under fire, uh, a lot of folks who were taking advertising money from the BlockFi's of the world and who invested in BlockFi, Pomp invested in BlockFi, also took advertising revenue. Um, So a bit of a mess, but I wanted to bring this up because even though I like Peter, you know, Eric Voorhees has just been absolutely amazing during all this. He, his debate with Sam, I think really pushed the fucking thing over the cliff for everybody that, you know, to show how, badly Sam was trying to fuck everybody. Um, and um, this call out to Peter is a great call out. It's like you know, this idea that you trust a centralized exchange over smart contracts is insane. Yeah. I just wonder, you know, again, we look at this and we say, um, is it that the price of Bitcoin or ETH or whatever declines so much that all the underlying instruments reprice under about or, you know, as overvalued, or is it that they and then, you know, they're still doing the same thing, but then it goes bad because the market dynamics have changed? Or is it that they were, you know, had the intent to deceive and steal the money and all of that? And to me, I think it's the former. 
So, you know, I don't, I just don't like to, um, I, you know, kind of like not as against Sam as everybody else is. Um, I tend to think that he just got caught in that downdraft of an economy and didn't know what to do. Well, there's, there's, some mistakes, you know? there's some more evidence. Um, and I didn't, I'm not, I don't have these tweets open today because it, it sure. nothing is confirmed, but there's actually, I shouldn't say evidence allegations that, uh, the, uh, the attack on Tara was intentional and led by Alameda. Um, again, oh, wow. no, evidence, no yeah. evidence to back this up, zero evidence to back this up, but you figure if Alameda is backed into a corner and they're in trouble, um, the ability to execute uh, a takedown of a major protocol and short the fuck out of it in, 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 in that time frame might be, have been seen as a way to bail out uh, the problems that they were having at Alameda. Um, so who knows, but we don't have any proof of that. Um, so anyway, block flies out, but this is the more concerning. Um, and I'm seeing a lot about this and I've heard from a couple of people uh, in the space about this. These are uh, Alameda and FTX Ventures portfolio. Um, one inch friction, um, a lot. Yuga Labs. Um, Yuga Labs came out and claimed they had nothing in FTX. Um, and then some, again, as we do in this transparent world, uh, some people tracked uh, 18,000 ETH that they have on FTX, um, a huge part of their treasury. Um, so they just don't know or they're just lying? No, no, no. Don't know. Don't I mean, know. either way, it's bad. I mean, yeah, I'm almost bad. like, I mean, if it's a second, if it's just an outright lie, then that's just flat out stupidity. Yeah. I mean, that means the management team is idiots. Their judgment sucks. Yeah. And you need to exit that. If it's the former, yep. they're just incompetent, like all these other people. So here's what, here's where my concern lies. You have a shit ton of DeFi protocols that had, had investments from these two players. Mm -hmm. And we're hearing today that many of them were required as terms of their deals to keep their funds on FTX.com. So it could very well be that we are going to see uh, further cascading contagion be the fact that a huge number of players in the DeFi space can't get to their treasuries. And it isn't just the ones that they invested in. There's um, been a series of tweets of people saying, I'm going to see if I have that tweet open. Uh, yeah, so this tweet says um, he's hearing from a ton of founders that many of them had all of their treasuries on FTX. So a couple of things I would say to that. Number one is what the fuck, people? Yeah. This is DeFi. Why? Why? If you didn't take an investment, it wasn't part of your terms. What the fuck is your money doing in a centralized exchange or all of your money doing in a centralized exchange? Didn't we learn this back in like 2018? That you don't you leave shit think. on central exchanges. Yeah. But so now they're saying, look, we can't pay people. We can't make payroll. This is going to be, um, I think this particular contagion, this particular cascade is going to get much worse in the DeFi space. Um, a, a lot of major projects potentially will be out of money um, because they can't get to their FTX money, their money that's on FTX. So, have you talked to any of your buddies? Like, do you talk to all the time? No, I haven't reached out, but okay. I will probably do that. I'm hoping no. that all of my buddies are the smart ones. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, we all learned this in 2018. I just get up why all these trade fight people, well, not the DeFi protocols, but you know. Maybe it is the DeFi protocols. Maybe they're trade fight people that then hire tech people to build a protocol. 
Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, FTX. Yeah, that's US. It must be insured, right? Yeah. <laughs> One of my, um, so this is interesting. Anchorage, the custodial bank and brokerage, it's huge. Um, and three commas uh, is a little disconcerting. Uh, so hopefully they don't have all their funds in uh, FTX. I think most of their funds are probably in a US, I mean, in a bank. But anyway, I mean, you know, Web3, Helion, Mask, Lens Protocol, um, you know, just it's um, Circle. What about like Aave and any of those types? Yearn, uh, Curve. Uh, this is infrastructure, Celestia, a lot, uh, Lido. Aptos. Layer Zero, Zero X Protocol, Clayton, which is a chain, Aptos, Solana, of course. Um, now, we don't know that all of these or any of these have all their funds on FTX. All we do know yeah. is that they were making that part of their terms of the deals, right? Which is Asari, what you would do. That's what banks Boone do Analytics, too. Yeah. yeah. Alimp uh, Elementus. Uh, yeah, of course, banks do that. Definitely makes sense. So some big players in the space, and this is just the ones that we're invested in. It doesn't mean that th there is definitely more than this uh, that had their money in FTX. I know that for a fact. So Niblet says decentralization is supposed to eliminate the single point of failure risk. The space needs to address this, but doesn't this then suffer from the tragedy of the commons? Yes. And yes. And yes. And the fact that there are so many protocols that kept their fucking treasuries in, in FTX is so disturbing to me. I just, it's absolutely pitiful, just pitiful. So um, good news is I don't think we're going to have this problem again. <laughs> Yeah, just wipe the board. Clear Get it. a fucking ledger <laughs> and put your fucking treasury on the goddamn ledger. Have a multi-sig wallet. I mean, seriously, people. Okay, was um, Gnosis anywhere in that list of anything? Just out of curiosity? I doubt it because Gnosis has been around for a very long time and they did an yeah. ICO way back when. That's what I would think. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so that's that, Peter. Da, 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 da. That's the contagion. Hey, okay. Okay. Oh, well, go ahead. Go I was ahead. Gonna ask a, no, I was going to ask a question. I saw like, you know, how Binance disclosed their reserves and, you know, of all their reserves, their treasury, it's like, you know, 40% is in BUSD and BNB. Right. Um, I was kind of worried if you heard any feedback on that, what people were saying, um, no. you know, because of the whole, like, don't hold your own. You're freezing up, Joe. Yeah, sorry, I don't know you what there? happened. That's all right. Okay. Yeah, but have you um, heard any feedback, uh, blowback on that from anyone in your network? That what again? The fuck? Have you heard what? any blowback on your network from the announcement of Binance Reserves? You know, the comp no, composition no. of their treasury pool. No, have you heard? Okay. no and they're, they're publishing it. They're going to put them out. And, you know, I take I take CZ's They did earlier today. They yeah, they've never borrowed what? against. They've never borrowed against B and B. They've never used it as collateral. That you know, they're. They, I, I just, I, and he's got a billion dollars in an insurance fund. So, you know. No, no. What I'm talking about is just the composition of their reserves is about forty percent BUSD and B and B. I'm not oh, saying where I it's see. going. I'm wondering. Oh, I got you. you know, has anybody anybody raising any red flags in your networks? No, but I will tell you who somebody they have raised a red flag about hold on a second let me find it because right. uh 
this is not necessarily very dangerous, but it's certainly, um, oh, where the fuck is it? Oh, the makeup. Oh, here it is. This is crypto.com's proof of reserves. Check out the number two holding they have more than ETH. Is that SHIB? Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, just seeing that makes me go, I hope I don't have these guys on any of my lists. Yeah. yeah. It's like $2.9 billion. So what's 20% of that? Of 2.9 billion? Yeah, 290 million. 580. 20%? Yeah, 20. So yeah, 580 yeah. million in SHIB. That's I mean, just, maybe that may, maybe that matches the deposits. You know, who maybe that's you know maybe that's what their people have. You know, that's why they have it. This yeah, isn't, this isn't their treasury, right? This is okay. just proof of reserves. So anyway, um, so you know we're kind of all scratching our heads, asking how this could have happened, right? And we know it all comes back to Alameda, um, and um, you know that's where. FTX had to bail out Alameda. So let's climb a little bit into the mindset of the CEO of Alameda. This is uh, the SBF's new one. Long friend. No, this is, this is Allison. This is the one that SBF had in charge of everything at, uh, uh, at, uh, after at, Sam Tribuco left after, yeah, at Alameda, but she, he, she, he is, she has been, <laughs> she has been, co with sam the whole time and she has been she's part of the core group he brought her on day one so she has been directing things you ready i'm gonna play a little mm -hmm. video for everybody try not to cry yeah absolutely could pull it off without my math degree <laughs> use very little math um use a lot of like uh elementary school math being comfortable with risk is very important um <laughs> we tend not to have things like stop losses i think those aren't necessarily a great risk management tool I'm trying to think of a good example of a trade where i've lost a ton of money um well i don't know i probably don't want to go into specifics too much yeah, with that <laughs> yeah there you go I mean, I mean, who didn't really see this coming? I and mean, we talked about her a bit too. It's like obviously Stanford math degree is impressive, and that yeah, but she good. just says at the beginning she's only using elementary school math. I know that, so it's like it doesn't even apply. So her people skills, I think, probably aren't top. But you know, obviously, she was part of that core group with uh, SBF there. So. You know, like, Let's so when she little... comes out and s says, oh, we have 10 billion plus in reserves and other wallets, which I called her out on, too. I mean, fuck, you're nailed now, girl. That Stanford math degree ain't going to help you because there was not 10 billion dollars there. We know it. Yep. You want another little comment from her? Let's yes, have a little please. more from Allison. Well, like, what's the point? Like, why would you want to trade on a FTX? You can just trade on FTX or whatever. <laughs> 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 yeah you know it always comes back to bite you everyone listening no matter how tough and smart you are that ride always ends man it That's doesn't right. last and when it ends yeah. you got to make sure it doesn't end with you in court and jail That's yeah. 
It, it might Before, end with you being a failure, i.e. only having 15 million or something. But, you know, you do not want to be, you know, where it's all or nothing. You know, the idea is to survive these things and do well and get to the next project. It's not to like burn your reputation into the ground. Yep. Niblet says in quotes, I'm comfortable risking other people's money. OPM. Here's a little background, a little more background on her. Before joining Alameda as a trader in March of 2018, Ellison spent 19 months as a junior trader at Jane Street after graduating from Stanford with a bachelor's degree in mathematics in 2016. In a podcast two years ago, Ellison explained that Jane Street was her first job out of college. A diehard mathematician and Harry Potter fan born of two economists, Ellison said she hadn't wanted to go into trading, but just didn't really want to know what to do with her life. Yeah. Well, I think she kind of figured out what not to do with it at this point. Yeah. She said that she was kind of thrown into making decisions at Alameda and that this was a shock after 19 months of J Street where the decisions she made had been pretty circumscribed. By comparison to a startup like Alameda. By comparison, in a startup like Alameda, Ellison said she found herself making a bunch of decisions, a lot of which were really uncertain, and that this was terrifying. Where do I put that ten billion? Sam's wallet, or yours, or mine? Where's it all go? <laughs> Such a tough decision to be made. <laughs> uh, uh, wait, wait. So we lost all the money over there? Oh shit. Yeah. Okay. So where do we get this? Oh, hold on. I'll send you over 6B. Yeah, print up some more FTT. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. But the funny so, part you know, is, is that nobody catches this shit in yeah. process. You know, it's that's what I don't crazy. get. I think it's just people well, get in there and everybody's like, something they write, but I'm still making 14%. Look, they had a big-ass PR machine. They were spending big bucks on the financial press. They were always there all the time. Niblet says, this is the kind of hubris Nassim Taleb skewers all the time. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I can't stand that guy, though. <laughs> He's just a negative cult figure. Um, so here's a little more information. <laughs> Poor Caroline. <laughs> yeah, I do Caroline's, wish you the best. It's going to be a tough lesson to learn, though. But Yeah, because Caroline's dad, Glenn Ellison, is the department head of economics at MIT. You think it's bad for Caroline? Imagine what it's like. Oh, God, poor dad. And get this. Prior to being appointed to the SEC, Gary Gensler was a professor for the practice of global economics and management at, wait for it, MIT. Mm -hmm. That's where he did his blockchain course, right? Exactly. Exactly. I remember when people used to brag to me, government people, that, oh, yeah, I'm doing – well, they say Gary Gensler, but I'm doing his blockchain course. And I'm like, really? I'm like, all right, whatever, man. So you're going to come back later on. What's the difference proof, proof of work and proof of snake? What? What do you mean? What? What? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so here's the really bad part. Um, we're hearing more and more <clears throat> that uh, employees of Alameda and FTX were making good money. Um, but that basically the full cultural pressure here was that you put everything you made into FTX, you took it all in crypto. So, um, what I'm hearing is that most of the employees are completely broke now, can't get their money out. Um, they were not the ones getting the money out of the Bahamas, um, that they were also encouraged to put at least 50% of their, uh, Christmas bonuses in, uh, FTX stock. 
So they were able to buy in at a 50% discount. So, you know, besides all of the people who are locked up, besides all of the people who are, um, you know, in DeFi, whose treasuries are now locked up, this is a group of people. And from what I understand, from what I'm hearing, the top four or five people at the top were the only ones that knew the extent of the mess. Nobody else within this corporation had any idea that things were bad, right? They were just rolling along, doing their jobs, doing what they were supposed to do at Alameda and at FTX and FTX US. They're now all fucked too. And 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 it's it's kind of that devastating kind of you know thing because you think you're working at you're working for the god of crypto, you're working for um, the company that's going to own the market. You know, you're doing the right thing. The philanthropists are here. Everybody's contributing. The company's contributing to help the poor and help the world. And then you find out it was like this big fucking house of cards. And this is your first job out of college. And now the only thing on your resume is Alameda or FTX. You know what I have to say? Brutal. Hard, hard cheese, man. Welcome to the world of startups, basically. Absolutely. Pull up, put your shoes back on and go to the next project. No big deal. Come to DeFi. Yeah. Come to DeFi. Yeah. Prove I mean, yourself. look, you'll get your money eventually, something, you know, the courts, bankruptcy courts always take care of the employees, too. Um, so it's just you're not going to get it now. And the fact of reinvesting in your own company, a lot of regular companies do that, too. I I've, I mean, Enron, I think, did that. Anderson, you know, when things come cratering down and all your retirement assets are in the same, you know, token, share, stock, whatever of where you work, you know, that's not a good thing either. On June 6, 2022, Sam claimed he was hiring more people while others were cutting jobs at Twitter. He went on CNBC to talk about this. Sam cut 20 plus people the next day. <laughs> what I mean, what a piece of shit this guy is. Like, well, I just think he's out, it sounds like he's just out of control, you know, in yeah, the but, sense of. Yeah, but you don't have to go out, right, and try to present this air of I'm hiring people. When in fact you're laying fucking people off because you're in deep shit. Well, yeah, that's stupid. That's stupid. That's just dumb. That's just you've lost control of your ego, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, it's hard not to. Yeah. Yeah. Because everybody around you is saying, "Go, go! You're the best. You're the greatest." All the investors are like, "You're the greatest. You're the greatest." And these are people like SoftBank and you know, big powerful investor dudes and politicians, and they're all like, "You're the best. Keep going, keep going." And then it's like, "Oh yeah, hey, where's my tokens?" You know, and it's like all this, and all of a sudden it falls apart. You're like, "What a fucking dirtbag, man! Who the hell are you?" You know, it's just like my tokens are fucking worthless now. Yeah, it's like nobody gives a shit. But Uh, I just feel sorry for you know, that crash and burn shit. Yeah. Yeah. The guy at um, uh, FTX institutional that was in charge of, he was in charge of institutional sales at FTX uh, did a thread where he published out the numbers that came out in the bankruptcy filing. Um, But then he was like, basically like crowdsourcing what people thought in terms of whether they should do a bankruptcy token, like was done. um, Oh, what was the exchange that did the bankruptcy token? Can't remember. Uh, or to do the normal bankruptcy settlement, waiting for it to settle out. And overwhelmingly, people were responding, yeah, let's do the token. Um, and, you know, I I really can't understand how that works yet. Like, I know that it worked in the past, but that's if the entity were to continue on. I mean, there can't be any value from that token if there's no entity to continue on to boost the value of the token. So I, I'm not sure... I'm not sure that this is going to apply here. I, Which I one did much, the token? Do you remember? 
I can't remember the name of it. Come on, it wasn't Sean. Cryptopia. Was it? What was Bitmax? Didn't Bitmax do a big? Who went? There was a big one that went under early. I don't remember. Let me see if I can okay. find it. Um, but you know, um, but maybe it's along the lines of what I was saying earlier that you know you would allocate a slash of the equity for all the investors or the people that didn't make money. I could see how things like that might work if it spins to the next play, like you say, Brad. But yeah. if it's just going to be like going into like let's empty the whole brand presence basically and everything else, then yeah, those tokens are worthless. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm trying to see if I can find anything on it, but I can't, I can't remember who the hell it was. Somebody will know. Uh, anyway. Oh, the token is Leo. That's right. But what exchange was it? Welcome Bruno. Thanks for speaking up. Appreciate that. What exchange was it? Leo token here. Let me look it up. Duh. Uh, Leo token. Yeah, I know the Cryptopia one's been dragging on since oh, please. 2019, January. I, I just forget about that. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, I see an email come in every now and then, but I'm like, ah, whatever. I don't even remember it. Bitfinex. Oh, that's right. I guess it was Bitfinex. Wait a minute. Yeah. I guess so. I, I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, okay. Let me see what else I got, Joe. Oh, yeah. So this was interesting. Um, Mario Knopfel uh, was doing in a Twitter spaces. He does one every week. He was doing a Twitter spaces where someone came up on stage to speak and he was a senior person at a major um, uh, centralized exchange. And um, he deleted the tweet because he didn't want the man to be threatened, but because he did start receiving threats after he... Uh, made the statement on, but it's, it's still in the Twitter space. Um, I haven't listened to it yet. I haven't had time, but um, want to get to what the meat of what he said, hold on. So uh, the, the, what he was saying was apparently CZ warned Sam that his reckless actions on multiple occasions, but SBF ignored him as things got worse. CZ saw no choice, but to make the issue public. This led to the infamous tweet by CZ 33 days ago that took down FTX. Uh, he said on stage and shared a story already, Sam causing the Luna crash and taking down 3AC. Um, and they're saying that CZ knew about this and that he kept calling out Sam privately and Sam wouldn't change what he was doing. So um, again, there's more stories about the involvement of Alameda uh, taking down 3AC and Terra. So um, it's, uh, I have a feeling we'll find out a lot more. And I think the news cycles will calm down now for a while as well because of bankruptcy. Um, it'll be harder for shit to get out. Uh, this is a Ben Hunt at Epsilon Theory did a tweet on on how some of the different people that Sam was attempting to buy in the political contribution process. That was the crypto com uh, stuff. Uh, Ryan Shea, and I retweeted this, said, we need to give Eric Voorhees some love. He debated SBF on video and single-handedly exposed his regulatory plans as poorly thought out, incoherent, self-serving, and destructive. An incredible demonstration of how intellectual engagement can shine light in dark places. And I do love, I'm a big fan of Eric Voorhees. And then David Hoffman at Bankless gave out this epic tweet. Thank God Gary Gensler chose to protect us from, checks notes, Kim Kardashian. <laughs> <laughs> What was that project called again? Ether Max or something like that? Max, Ether Max, yeah. Max yeah. Ether. I don't know. Max Ether. I don't know. It was hell fucking hilarious. 
Well, you know, I mean, Kim Kardashian's the easy little hanging fruit. Exactly. She's not going anywhere. She'll pay. And boom. Oh, you get us something to like a trophy for your trophy case. There you go. There you go. There you go. Um, I That's all I'm going to cover today on SBF. Uh, you know, look, you and I were talking earlier that we're seeing more and more in the TradFi world starting to realize and wake up to the fact that if this had not been a centralized exchange, yeah. uh, yes, Niblets, Canto knows is still news is still brewing. Developers are still working. Um, and, uh, you know, look, it's, this is not news like, oh, my God, it's going to you know, explode the coin value or anything. So I, I don't want you to think that um, it's just the news that's going to make it much easier for people to get on and off of Canto. Uh, and it's a nice technology integration. I could talk to you more about it offline. Um, but, yeah, because Niblets was having trouble getting on there. If I remember yeah, right. yeah. I talked to him about it. Yeah. Uh, gave him some help. Um, so what was I saying? Oh, what we are seeing though, is that um, while TradFi people in the you know Bloomberg CNBC world are struggling to understand crypto and what's going on here. What we are hearing more and more of is people starting to get an understanding that decentralization could have solved it or prevented this, right? That there that that this kind of actions could not have been taken because the community would have realized it, and noticed it, and seen it. And I think it comes back to what we were talking about earlier in the week, and that is is that the messaging that we need to be taking with DeFi and crypto right now is that decentralization, trustlessness, and transparency are what we can bring to the financial world. And it isn't just us about trying to stop regulators from getting in. It's about showing regulators that we can actually make financial systems better if there is some adoption of blockchain. It doesn't mean that they will. Um, as you pointed out, Joe, it's unlikely that TradFi is going to change their ways. There are too many people that are rent seeking in the middle, making money off of, you know, settling transactions and brokering mm -hmm. and everything else. So you'd be taking on, but making the point and giving examples of when transparency could have solved for some issues. And I, I talk all the time about the mortgage crisis. Imagine if that whole thing, that is those, that is entire markets had been on chain and every one of those grades was actually retained on chain for those bundled mortgages and every single singular mortgage that would have made a huge difference in people realizing what was happening long before the whole thing had to blow up, right? Um, regulators could have had a chance to see things. There, there was tremendous opportunity. There's tremendous opportunity with DeFi and transparency for us to get out in front of this shit. And so um, I'm hoping that we can start working with folks in the space. Uh, I've reached out to um, Ryan Selkis at um, Masari, who's done a ton of lobbying, a ton of political work, a ton of research. He's met with a ton of, ton of people to, to really try to see if we can get the people who are doing all the political and lobbying action to think through a message from this perspective and say, yep, there you go. Sam, Sam and FTX are just another example of what's wrong with the current financial system. Centralized, opaque <clears throat> greed that can't be seen. We, DeFi can show it to you. Right. So anyway, that's my, I'm off. That's my last soapbox for the week, Joe. It's Friday, right? Yep. Wow. There we go. <clears throat> so coming in like last soapbox in the last 17 minutes. Yeah. You um, got anything else? You want a soapbox? No, I mean, look, I think we all are digesting what happened after the CPI print and what happened across all markets at that point. Um, but in that realm, that area, I mean, there's a lot of dialogue on Twitter yesterday, today, 
about, um, you know, how, you know, is it, is crypto risk on or risk off? You know, how does it still affecting crypto? And so, you know, I think it's important for everybody to understand that, you know, when we talk about things like um, interest rates and inflation prints, you know, how the equity markets do is directly, I think, impacts how crypto does right now. Right. Um, because it's just obvious if you have more money and you feel richer, then you start allocating it into other stuff that you don't look at every day. Um, that's right. You know, so so to me, I think that that's how it ties in. Now, how interest, the other angle that people look at is, okay, so when you start cutting interest rates, you're pumping more liquidity out, more dollar or more currency into the market. So it kind of does the same thing. It creates more excess capital that you're looking for a place to play, a place to put it. And so, you know, you look across everything and, you know, you're going to look at the stuff that's more risky, more risk on at that point. So so both of those help crypto. So what I'm getting at is that it seems to me if you looked at what happened to DXY yesterday, it went down. I think it's at like 106 now. Remember, that was peaking about 114 um, yeah. to, the, to the just say to the euro. Um, when that goes down like that, that tells me two things. One. That, okay, with Europe raising interest rates in different locations, now you're seeing the capital stop flooding into the U.S. You're probably seeing some risk off capital, you know, going into instruments uh, in Europe. So it's kind of almost like um, we talk about how the U.S. With, with dollar strength is kind of different from Europe in a lot of ways. I mean, you know, fundamentally energy and um, you know, the war and things like that are, are the big things that are dragging them. And they're in a slightly different economic position, you know, vis-a-vis -vis, um, trade balances or, you know, currency strength, things like that. Right. But then in the middle, we keep forgetting the UK sitting there. So, you know, it seems to me that we just need to make sure we keep track of all three of those and how, you know, the currency strengths are balancing out because, what I'm seeing now is that that what I was worried about was that the dollar was going to get too strong and it was going to choke off our exports. And then yeah. that would lead us into a recession, you know, next year sometime. But now with that, I'm seeing, OK, well, now we're getting a little more equal playing field. Like all of our stuff isn't super expensive. You know, think about it. If DXY is 114, then all of our stuff is 14 percent more expensive to any foreign buyer. So when you see yeah. that coming down, it, it would should stave off that sort of choking off of U.S. export sales. So it just feeds more into my soft landing narrative that I, I'm yeah, feeling really confident over there about what's going on. And even the big like equities guys or bond guys at, you know, Morgan Stanley, Goldman, places like that, and the big pension funds, you know, they're seeing, I mean, they're like, look, inflation, you know, it's like they're kind of projecting more that, um, we're going to get back to that realm that we had before 2008, which, you know, when you put a project out and valued it, the risk free rate was 6%. So right. any investments that was T-bills, basically. So any investment had to be able to beat 6%. And, you know, if you couldn't, then the logical move as an investor is you put it in the risk free asset at 6%. So yeah. they're trying to get back to that. And I think what I'm hearing is 4% is the the number that's the new normal number so i think as a bond market adjusts to that 
it seems to be like equities are keeping on going, um, you know, in the sense that they're sort of resetting properly as those interest rates have gone up to now. And now I think we're at a point where, you know, I'm just I just feel like the U.S. in particular is getting ready to take off on this kind of growth spurt like, you know, Victorian England was, let's say. You know, it's like, I don't want to say it's the end of the game, but I'm saying that it's going to be, I think there's a level of prosperity coming and not just for us, for everybody um, that we're just discounting away because it just seems so doom and gloom right now. Yeah. Niblet says, how does, how does DXY affect crypto prices? How much of the recent drop just reflects on asset prices priced in a weaker dollar? Uh, I do think, uh, well, I mean, I think we see a strong correlation most of the time. Well, I think that, look, again, I think DXY directly relates to um, interest rates that you could get on risk-free money in both, say, euro and dollars. So the fact that the European markets, I think, were doing interest rate hikes kind of got them closer to where the U.S. was. Right. It wasn't such a gaping differential. So I think that gap is closed, has you know, lowered DXY. Um, from a U.S. perspective, he lowered it to the 106. Now, how much of that affects crypto? Um, I, I don't know if that has a super strong effect on crypto in my mind. I think that it's more about, you know, because that's an exchange, almost like an exchange rate in a way between like a comparison tool between euro and, and dollar. To me, I think the important thing is, if DXY is high, then capital flows to the U.S. and then it goes into banks and it goes into money management accounts. And how much are they allocating into crypto? So I could see in that regard, yes. But on the other side, European banks and investors do the same thing. You know, yeah. they're investing in crypto too. So is it really dependent on where that dollars or euros get allocated? I, I don't. I don't think so as much. Um, I think it's a little bit separate. But that's just my opinion. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, I got nothing else, Joe. You got anything else you want to bring up? No. I right. think, I, you know, let's just get through this weekend intact and see what happens. I mean, I, I, I saw some selling earlier. I mean, I'm still worried about that BTC Fed quantity and where it is and what it's doing. Um, because if you, want, if you want to put a leg down in right now, it would be dump that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, then, but then again, remember, I'm, it's, it's, everybody's going to come pouring in at that point. So yeah, that's true. it's not a bad thing. Um, the other side is they might want to hold it. If you're playing the node custody game for jurisdiction, wouldn't you want to spin up a big U.S. government node or something? Yeah. Um, you know, so I don't know where that plays. That's kind of the one thing I'm like, but all this DeFi mess and SBF, this will all sort out. I mean, it's not, it's, 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 you know, just keep looking at the stuff on the edge, the new stuff. The people you trust, the people you like, look at what they're doing. If it's cool and if it's new, help them execute and build. Yeah. And um, back on Monday, we'll sort out. Yeah. And back on Monday, we'll be looking at some new stuff. I've got uh, several tabs uh, ready to go with some projects I've discovered over the last few days, but there's just too much going on with this shit. So um, yeah. apologies to everybody listening on the podcast that you couldn't see the video at the beginning. I'm going to play it as we go out. 
<clears throat> just for shits and giggles and it's a good laugh to end the uh to end the week um but i will put a link in the show notes if you're listening on the podcast and all you can hear is uh the voices and the music um but you may get an idea from it uh anyway because it's pretty fucking funny thank you so much for listening and watching we appreciate all of you niblets and bruno thank you so much for participating today it is invaluable to us to have your thoughts and ideas and feedback um, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please rate and review us and subscribe to make sure you get the latest episodes. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe. Uh, click the little bell so you get notified about new episodes and make sure you smash the thumbs up so we boost ourselves in the algo. Um, Joe, I'm going to be uh, finishing the dig up on my backyard this weekend. What are you doing? Um, it's Friday. What am I doing? Uh you know, I'm going to probably, I'll relax. I'm going to go, you know, do some stuff outside. It's so nice, like, this weekend coming up. I mean, I don't know if it's going to rain, but the temperature's low. I might yeah. go down to, um, um, what's the name of the place with all the orchids and, or the um, Fairchild Gardens. I might Fairchild go Gardens there. is nice. Yeah. yeah. That's nice. But nothing extravagant plans. Still helping with college apps, you know, still getting ready for the holidays, you know, doing all that stuff. But um, it'll, it'll be relaxing. Yeah, absolutely. Enjoy right. your exercise. Yeah, I will. Thank you. All Say right. goodbye, Joe. Thanks, Shizzy, too, by the way. And thanks, everyone. Oh, Shizzy um, commented and I missed him? Shit. Yeah, great oh, there show, he is. Guys. Thanks, Shivy. Yeah. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for thanks for being here. Everybody have a lovely, lovely weekend. Relax, rest, touch grass, uh, get outside, do something besides stare at your screen and talk about uh, FTX. You can't do anything about it right now. You cannot do it. Yeah, look for the next opportunity. There's a boatload out there. Uh, we'll be talking about them next week. So make sure you're back on Monday at 12 noon. Uh, YouTube, Twitter, etc. We'd love to see you. Take care. Cheers. Bye, everyone. Today, smoking is going to save lives. smell anything smoky? Did you bring your jerky in again? <clears throat> oh my god! Uh, oh my god! Fire! Oh, fire! Oh my goodness! Oh my god! Okay, it's happening! Everybody stay calm! What's the Everybody procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? Stay calm! Wait, 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 wait! Everybody just calm down! What does warm mean? Oh my gosh, I need to warm. Not a vibe. Oh, 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 okay, okay. Oh, Have you ever seen a burn victim? Okay, procedure, procedure. Exit options. Where do we go, folks? Use a what to cover the mouth. Remember your exit points. Exit points, people. What's next? Stay alive, I'm getting help. Pull me up. You're too heavy. I only weigh 82 pounds. Say bandit. I think the cat's my favorite part. The fire's shooting at us! Yeah, the kid's totally fucking hysterical, though. If you're listening on the podcast, be sure to go watch the video. Bye, Joe.